Good morning, everybody. It's Friday. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Tim Harris. It's time for 10 with Tim. Uh, I love you guys so much. We take uh, about 10 minutes each day, Monday through Friday, and we go verse by verse through the Word of God. We're in Isaiah chapter 42 today. I love this. I told you, once we get past Isaiah chapter 39, uh, that's kind of, the, it's called the book of judgment. Once we get through the book of judgment in Isaiah, we get into what's called the book of comfort. And this is just so good. We are in the sweetest part of Isaiah, and I love it so much. Isaiah chapter 42 is gorgeous, and I'm glad we get to do it together today. I love you guys. Thank you for making Tin with Tim a part of your day, a part of your life, a part of your study in the Word. I take that as a privilege and an honor. So jump in with me. Isaiah chapter 42. Isaiah chapter 42 is the first of what are called the servant songs in the book of Isaiah. These are uh, prophecy songs about one that's the chosen servant. Now, there is some controversy as to who the servant is. Now, if you're a Christian like I am, if you read the New Testament as I do, there's no question. It's Jesus. These are uh, songs about the Messiah, so, songs about the coming chosen servant of the Lord. It's Jesus. I mean, I, no question for me. In, in the book of Matthew chapter, what is it, Matthew chapter 12, I think? In Matthew chapter 12, it actually quotes Isaiah chapter 42 and says, this is Jesus. It's fulfilled right now in Jesus. And so there's no question. The, the, the servant in Isaiah is Jesus, the suffering servant. And we'll talk more about it as we go. There are four of these servant songs, and this is the first one. Now, the problem is, you know, we're reading what we call the Old Testament. It's the Jewish Testament, and Jews still see this as Scripture, only they don't see Jesus as their Messiah. So when Jews read this kind of passage, Isaiah 42, when they read the servant songs, they typically think that the servant is the nation Israel, that Israel is the servant that suffers and somehow redeems the world. I, I don't see that. I'm not Jewish. I'm a Christian. Um, but their rationale for that is that, you know, several times in the book of Isaiah, it simply says, you know, that Israel is the servant of the Lord. Uh, in chapter 41, which we read yesterday, it says that, you know, calls Israel the servant. But the problem with that is Isaiah also in other places calls himself. Isaiah is the servant of the Lord. And in another place, King David is the servant of the Lord. So, it's a title that Isaiah uses not infrequently to refer to other you know, figures or, or, or characters, but, but there is this sense that in these four servant songs, there is this coming chosen, very special anointed servant. And again, for those of us with eyes to see and ears to hear, we know that it's Jesus. Jesus is that coming servant of the Lord fulfilled uh, the prophecy that begins here in Isaiah chapter 42. Let's look at it. I love it. Look at my servant whom I strengthen. He is my chosen one who pleases me. I put my spirit upon him. He will bring justice to the nation. So he has this mission, which in, in the one sense is to bring justice for all, justice to all the nations, justice to the world. Um, I don't care what kind of good system you got, a political system, whatever, uh, it will not be perfect. And, and as much as I love the United States and we have that, you know, that incredible mission, you know, for liberty and justice for all, but, you know, our system isn't perfect. And there are some people that even in the United States system, they don't get a fair shake. 
You know, there is no perfect system. There is no perfect leader. And that's why there's this prophecy that there is this servant of the Lord who will come and finally bring justice to everybody. You know, everybody's going to get a fair shake. And, and, and that's the simple promise of Isaiah chapter 42, because I'm telling you, there are always those who just can't get a break. You know, they can't catch a break. He will not shout or raise his voice in public. It's this idea of this gentle, compassionate servant. Now, watch this. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. I love that. I think the King James says, the bruised reed he will not crush. You know, the dimly burning wick he will not extinguish. You know, so this bruised reed, this dimly burning wick, what are we talking about? We're talking about people. We're talking about people bruised people, you know, people who are just barely getting by. You know, the idea is this, this, this plant, this, this reed that is bruised, that is, that is, you know, nearly crushed and so fragile, you know, in other words, if anybody were to pluck it, you know, carelessly, they're going to destroy it. It's just that fragile. Or you ever seen that candle with that wick that's just barely, just barely burning and, and the smallest little puff of breath would completely blow it out. And, and that's the point. There are people like that so fragile, so wounded, so bruised, you know, that, uh, that, that the least little amount of, of disregard will crush them. You know, what does a bruised reed needs? It needs support. Well, what does a dimly burning wick needs? It needs shelter from the wind. And, and this is the point. Jesus, the servant of the Lord, you know, he can be trusted by people like this. You know, people that, that anybody else is not going to be able to remember the, the way they hurt, remember their woundedness. You know, nobody else will, will ever be trustworthy with their weakness, but Jesus is trustworthy. You can trust him. You know, I know that, that some of the people in the sound of my voice right now, you are that person. You're that bruised person. Now, everybody may not know that. Everybody may not, everybody may not see your bruises. I'm a runner. I eat about a, you know, I, I eat a million bananas a week, you know, and I'll eat all of them. I, I, eat banana, I eat brown bananas. I eat green bananas. I'm over caring about, you know, what kind of banana it is. I just eat bananas. But, you know, the other day I had a banana that looked perfect, but, but I peeled it. I mean, it was perfect, y'all, but when I peeled it, it was bruised on the inside, you know? The bruises were on the inside. The bruises were under the skin, and, and that's kind of how I am, and like a lot of you are, man. My bruises don't always show on the outside, and it's not that I'm being fake or false. I, I just, you just aren't always going to see, you know, the, the, the way I hurt or my weakness. You're just not going to see it, you, you know? And y'all y'all know I buried my mama on Monday, you, you know, um, that that's just kind of how I am. I, I, I just kind of bounce back. I'm, I'm not being fake or false. I just tend to be a, a move forward kind of person with the bruises on the inside, you know, and a whole lot of us are like that. A lot of people are like that. You wouldn't necessarily know by looking on the outside, the bruises that they carry on the inside, you know, how on certain days, you know, that light in me is just barely flickering. You know, and, and I need someone who is going to be mindful of my bruises, mindful of my woundedness, you know, and that's Jesus. You know, you can trust Jesus. He is not going to hurt you. He is going to be safe. He's going to be trustworthy with your, with your bruised heart, 
you know. I just love that so much. Again, did I not tell you this is the book of comfort and Jesus is the comforter. Jesus is the one you can trust. I'm telling you, I don't know that we can always trust other people. Man, some people, if they know where you hurt, mm, they'll go right to it. And, and that's exactly where they're going to stick the knife, you know. But not Jesus. Not Jesus. A bruised reed he will not break. I, I, I love it. Verses 9 and 10. I'm just going to do some skipping here. I love this whole chapter. Verses 9 and 10. Uh, new things, I tell you before they even happen. Uh, I love that. Sing a new song to the Lord. Verse 10, man. God loves new things. Well, why does he love new things so much? And I guess more importantly, why is he always trying to force new things on you? You know, Man, you and me, we get set in our ways. We find something that works. We like to find a groove and just stay in it, you know. But God refuses to let us do that. He's always bringing something new, always shaking things up for you and me. Why is he like that? You ever pulled a bottle of salad dressing out of the fridge and it says on the side of the label there, shake before using? Because you know the longer it sits in your fridge, all the good stuff settles to the bottom and you got to get that bottle out and shake it up, right? You got to shake it up so it can be used and useful again. I'm just saying, sometimes God's got to shake up. You got to do some shaking in your life so that he can use you so that your life will be useful to him. Now, he doesn't always explain. He just shakes, you know. What's he doing? Why? Why this, 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 unstoppable desire to renew my life all the time, you know? It's like the makeover shows, you know? Uh, like, you know, fix her up or whatever. They take the, the, the trashiest crack house on your street and turn it into this glorious, you know, dwelling place. I mean, what? How does that work? Well, somebody from the outside comes in and they, they look and they see possibility where you just saw a rundown, you know, dilapidated, you know, a, a home ready for demolition, man. They see possibility. And that's God. God always sees possibility because he knows what you don't know. He sees what you don't see, you know, and he can do what you can't do and he can afford what you can't afford. I'm just telling you, God can make something new and he loves new things. And that's why he's always, always making you new. Verse 16, I love it. I will lead you down uh, down a new path, guide you along an unfamiliar way. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. In your life with Christ, he's always going to be leading you down some new path. And, and you don't, you like the old road, you like the familiar journey. And that's just not what Jesus doesn't just sit around playing you the greatest hits, you know? Always a new song, always a new path. He will lead you down a path that is unfamiliar to you all the time. This is what he loves to do. Trust him. Go with him. Down that new path, down that new road are new blessings, things you never imagined, things you can't see. Just trust him. I mean, look what it says. He's going to light up the dark places. He's going to smooth out the rough places. Trust him. Trust him. Notice what it says in the verse 16. I will not forsake you. He will not forget you. He will not forsake you. You understand? Oh my goodness. You know, with your fragile, wounded heart, just like mine, you just want to be left alone. You want to be allowed to sit, you know, and, and heal and, and recover. But mm, that's not how he works. That's not how any of this works. Trust him. I mean, I'm telling you, he may shake some things up in your life from time to time. Trust the shaking. He won't explain it. He'll just shake, but let him, let him disturb your life. Let him lead you down some new path. Let him just 
Have your life and do with it what he will do with it. I'm telling you, you can trust him. I know you've been hurt. I know your life seems fragile. I know right now it seems like you're barely getting by, but trust him. Trust him. What he's going to do, you can't see. You can't see it from here. You can't do it for yourself, but let him take your life in his strong hands. You can trust him. I love it, y'all. That's Isaiah chapter 42. I love it so much. We'll pick up right here on Monday morning, Isaiah chapter 43. I know you get tired of hearing me say it. I love Isaiah chapter 43 so much. Uh, there are so many verses in this chapter that are my favorite. Uh, read it with a pen and underline. You're going to have some new favorite verses in Isaiah chapter 43, I promise. Um, if I don't see you Sunday morning at Woodburn uh, at 8, 9.30, and 11, I'll see you Monday morning at 10 o'clock for Tim with Tim. I love you guys. Have a good weekend.